Hi and welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. This week's conversation was one I had a few weeks ago with Tegan Higginbotham, who's currently at the Melbourne Fringe. You should go and see her show with Watson. I think it's called Who's Afraid of the Dark or something similar to that. It will be very good. She's an incredibly talented person. If you're in Sydney or have friends in Sydney, uh, my Tracksuits Live show is is opening this weekend. Well, it's opening on Thursday and then it's also Saturday and Sunday, so if you're listening to this on Thursday and want to come along, do. Otherwise, come along on Saturday and Sunday. Also, next week is Alice Fraser Solves All Your Problems in Six Easy Steps, my new, brand new hour, which we will see how good it is, I guess. Uh, please do come along. I would love to be able to bounce these ideas off, off an audience of excellent people. Uh, things on this end are ticking along uh, very uncertainly but and my brother's just flown back from England so that's a plus he's come back for to be here and that's really great that makes a lot of difference he should be coming in at the airport round about now and seeing him will be a beautiful thing if you want to email me, alicerfraser at gmail.com. Uh, Sam asked about the Patreon settings on my Patreon page. They have been changed. I didn't realise that that would boot you off the system. Um, but I will try to fix that so that you can give me money, which is it's a horrible thing that you have to chase me up to do something nice for me, Sam. But I very much appreciate you letting me know that so I can fix it. Um, anyone else who wants to follow me on Twitter at alliterative, A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E, or there's some articles that I've been publishing on both SBS Comedy and Seizure Online magazine. I will be doing a TED Talk in a week and something for a thing called Vibe Wire at the Powerhouse Museum. I'll try to put those dates up on my website. Otherwise, uh, maybe just Google my name. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy this conversation. Oh no, wait! I had one more thing that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, this is just this is kind of a ridiculous thing, which happened. I was walking towards the hospital, and I bumped into a guy that I used to run with. And I won't say his name because I don't want to ruin this person. But he asked me where I was going and why, in a sort of a slightly prying way. So I told him maybe in a more aggressive way than I needed to what was happening. And he replied by putting his hand on my cheek and saying, I believe God heals. Now, I know I have Christian listeners. I know that I've spoken with uh, people who are very religious before, and I don't think that it's a good thing to criticize religion. I think it very rarely does anyone any good uh, if you want to you know, provide an alternative way of living or explain the way you live instead that's worth doing but direct criticism can rarely do anything other than put somebody's hackles up so while I wanted to push him down the stairs I didn't I just said thanks and uh, walked away but then he sent me a Facebook message the next day <laughs> which was um I'm terribly sorry to hear the news about your dear mother. I would really like to speak with you a little more as I'm genuinely interested in bringing some comfort to your situation. My number is blah. Please ring me when you get the chance. 
so there was definitely like a religious element to this. I'm, I, I mean, I said I felt like that was, but then I thought maybe I'm overreacting. Also, that's really presumptuous. I'm just going to shut this down. And I replied with one sentence, which was "Thanks for the kind thoughts," which I thought was a pretty good shutdown. Just you know, not rude exactly, but certainly gesturing towards rudeness um, in a situation where I don't know. I think I had a right maybe to be a little bit abrupt. Not that anyone necessarily has a right to be rude to anyone else. Anyway, his next message was, so I said, thanks for the kind thoughts. He said, you're welcome. I've got some actions to go with them, starting with a gentle conversation that's all in your discretion and control. I promise you can trust me, smiley face. (laughs) So um, other than that last sentence being one of the creepiest things I've ever read. I don't know what the cult is. I'm pretty sure it's a cult. Um, Just a piece of advice if somebody tells you some very sad news uh, or or that they are going through some difficulties, that is not the way to deal with it. Maybe some people would really appreciate being recruited into a cult in response (laughs) to telling you something, but I think just as a rule of thumb, it's probably not what people are after. So uh, that's all from me this week. I don't know if that was an appropriate story to tell. I haven't said any names. Uh, I don't know. I don't think this chap listens, but even if he does listen, I think it's probably worth learning that lesson is that I didn't take that particularly kindly but it did brighten my day because it was such a ridiculous thing to have done. Anyway, enjoy the conversation. I enjoyed having it. You're having tea with Alice. Guys can have children at any age. And yet they don't. You notice that unless they're rich. Yeah. And I think it's a similar thing. Like, I think, you know, women age out of having babies. Yeah. Because their bodies age out. Yeah. But I think for men, that sense of being able to look after your children is is a physical thing that happens in your body. Well, I think that men get cocky as well. I've already been broken up with once by a guy because I told him I wasn't going to have children. That I got broken up with when I was 25, and I um, and I I hadn't expected that at that age. No, at least wait till you get to 31 and know whether you're going to have the club fest, right? Yeah, right. So I accept that when I get older, if I stay this way, which is on the no children train, that that may for some men cause a big problem. I'm I'm, I'm aware that that's going to be a thing. Yeah, Um, I didn't expect it at 25. No, this guy had just he had the calling, uh, whatever that calling was, and he wanted. Well, that's that's a fair enough reason to break up with someone, of all the reasons to break up with people. You want to make a human being. But I've noticed that guys tend not to have children old unless they're rich. And I think that's like a real, I think more than people think it's a part of male biology. Maybe. Yeah. It was a distinct moment when my brother was about 22 or 23. My my dad is Buddhist, calm, pacifist. We've never had any kind of shouting in our house at all. Yeah. There was just tension. Yeah, right. And I think there was a tension that go that went 
Henry's big enough that he could, and you're old enough yeah. that he could probably take you in a fight. Yeah. I don't think either of them thought that consciously. Yeah. But I do think there's something in male biology that is very aware, whether they want to or not, is very aware of their ability to fight or look after themselves. Well, just in the way that we are raised with this message that we are, we have to be beautiful and pretty and, you know, I still... I still remember, for example, and this only came into my head the other day, my mother telling me that if I went out for dinner with a man and he didn't pay, I should walk out on him. Absolutely walk out on him because it was not acceptable. Really? Not acceptable. If a man asks you out for dinner and he doesn't pay, not acceptable. So there are, there are, there are things there that even dragged over, and I didn't realise that that was sitting in the back of my head. Until you walked out on a man that didn't pay. Why have I done this? Um, but I think that men are told that they need to be strong and protectors and that they need to they are still the hunter you know the hunter and they need to defend their families and if you're a guy who's not feeling very strong I reckon that will play on in the back of your mind wow yeah I've I've uh, been with a couple of guys who were shorter than me or smaller in size and it really caused them issues it was massively difficult for them that they possibly weren't as strong as me you know what I mean um, and that's interesting and I am dating somebody who is now bigger than me physically taller and stronger and mentions it quite regularly He's, he likes how small I am in, in size compared to him compared to him yeah yeah I don't know it is a it's a, it's a weird thing I don't again I don't know how much of it's biology and how much of it's what we're told socialization but it is a distinct thing and the, the the physical looking after your kids or looking after your woman the compensation factor like guys can do it with money yes they can so you do get short guys who go out with taller women and are okay with it but they t- they probably are cashed up and it's not necessarily because the girl is judgmental it's because they have a sense that they can it's tricky without the numbers, isn't it? I'd love to see the numbers. Yeah, I, would, yeah, I mean, this is all anecdotal and just kind of from my sense But of yeah, it. I mean, I, I also had another realisation, another one of those things that was tucked into the back of my head. If I'm with something, uh, I believe it's my responsibility to make sure they're well fed. Yes. Do you have this? Do you realise you just said with something rather than with something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and this is why the somethings keep dumping me. Um, if I'm with somebody, I do. It's, it's this weird thing in me. I need to make sure they're eating have you eaten yeah you look hungry are you hungry yeah and, and it's my thing that if they even if we've both been out from 7am till 9pm we're both exhausted I feel like it's my responsibility to feed other people and I don't know if that's a genetic thing I don't know if that's because my yeah. mum was like feed your man you've got to yeah, feed yeah, your man yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what this is well my mum was uh, <laughs> terrible cook she tried quite hard when we were very young like yeah. she was like she fed us and stuff yeah. uh, when she could when she wasn't like if she was sick we kind of ate out of the garden um, a lot of dirty carrots dirty, delicious dirty carrots um, but she was always very good about that but then she hated cooking and she never enjoyed it but I have that so I think it must be partly genetic because she really didn't enjoy it yeah 
but you get that. The, but I do have exactly the same urge. I'm like, are you are you hungry? Are you hungry? Do you want something? You also, it's because uh, I think guys do get a bit grumpy if they're not like if a guy's angry just for no reason. I'm always like, have some food. <laughs> have some food. Sit for twenty minutes, then we'll talk. Alanda Botton says, um, it's no disrespect to the human condition to say that despair is often largely composed of low blood sugar and exhaustion. Oh, I have the rule of three, the Tegan rule of three. Mm -hmm. It's cold, hungry, tired. Yeah. Uh, I can operate if one of those things is missing. If two of them are gone, forget it. If I'm cold and hungry, forget it. If I'm tired and hungry. Like, there need to be three of those things all taken care of for optimal functionality. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I'm not that in touch with my body, I think. In that way, like I'll kind of, um, I'll not notice if I'm hungry. Really? I'm terrible. I'll get a headache. If I get hungry and then I go about 20 minutes, I, I'm one of those people who I'll nearly be throwing up because I'm hungry. You've probably got quite a fast metabolism. How quickly after you take medication does it work? Uh, I don't know. I don't take medicine. At all? Uh, Ever? Not really. When I had my appendix out, uh, I had medicine. Um, like, for, uh, here we go. I had my first cold and flu tablet thing a month ago. How quickly did it hit you? Yeah, probably pretty quickly. But then again, I also don't have medicine, so it's going to have more of an effect on me than somebody who's popping Panadols every day. Yeah, I don't often have medicine either, but that's partly because by the time it takes effect, I'm probably... You're better. <laughs> um, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, very slow. Yeah, no, I once I actually got tested for type two diabetes because I crashed that quickly if I hadn't eaten. Oh wow. Yeah. So you get like hyperglycemic kind of level. I just get uh, I'll get super irritable, super sleepy, and feel physically ill. Yeah. Lady needs a sandwich. <laughs> With your guy who's bigger than you. Yes. Do you find it more comforting? Um, than guys who are smaller than you? Are there things that you liked more about guys who are smaller than you? No, no I didn't. I, I actually, yeah, I prefer the fact that he's taller. And I, I can jump on him and stuff like that. Me and another girlfriend of mine, Nicolette, a little while ago, Nicolette? Yes, I believe it was. Uh, no, it was Laura. So my friend Laura. This is fascinating for your listeners. Um, we were discussing. We had this drunk, drunk night. We were discussing the two qualities we need in a man. Yeah. In a man, one needs to be that they can save you from a burning house. Yeah. The other one needs to be that if there was a dead possum on your front lawn, they'd take care of it. Um, and I'm pretty sure my tall person could do both those things. He'd probably cry about the possum, but that's okay. That's all right. You're allowed to cry. Yeah. I had this with a. Um, a guy friend of mine yeah. who cried because I hurt his feelings interesting and I lost a lot of respect for him and I thought is this because I'm sexist am I being sexist to say that a man can't cry in front of me but then I was it was that he was so unashamed about crying and it wasn't that he was a man it's that I was brought up with this quite stoic upbringing. Yeah. Partly because of mum being sick and partly because of Buddhism, of like, just shh, don't cry. She couldn't handle loud noises, so she'd right. say, if you were crying, she'd say, stop crying and tell me what's wrong. Right. Because she just couldn't handle the loud noise. And so I think everyone should be ashamed of crying. I am. If I, for example, if I got caught crying out the back of a gig or something like that, I'd probably have to top myself. Yeah. I, re I cried twice in high school, and I remember both incidents. Like, I'm... 
if a guy's crying around me, um, there's been two reactions. I'll either lose my shit and just look after them because something bad has happened. And yeah. In my experience, most men only cry if something is really upsetting yeah. or something bad has happened. But then I was also went out once just with a crier. Yeah. And I remember he opened the fridge and he realised that he didn't have any of his mum's bolognese frozen in there anymore and he cried. And I didn't was disrespect his mum dead? No, no, no. Oh, okay. He just didn't want to cook. Now, I didn't disrespect him because... That was a man crying. I disrespected him because shut the fuck up and just go get some food, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We live in a modern world. There's a Seven Eleven if there's know. nothing else open. Yeah. So that was if that was a girl doing that, I would have felt exactly the same. Yeah. So this was my real. Yeah, that was the thing because I did have that moment of, am I being sexist? Do I think that? Men shouldn't cry because their feelings get hurt. Yeah, I was like, no, I don't think anyone should cry. Well, I don't, I don't know about the whether they should cry, but I thought that he should have been more embarrassed about crying. I would have been more okay yeah. with it if he'd been embarrassed about Be crying. Ashamed. <laughs> How interesting! It's really funny when you, and it's only happened to me in the past year or so, where I've started actually analysing some of these gut feelings of mine or perceptions and going, where is that from? What is that? What's what's put that there? Yeah. I think a lot of it comes down to, yeah, what your parents teach you from a very young age. And, you know, my mum still grew up in that society where women weren't earning as much as men or didn't have jobs. So they had to so, prove their value in other ways. Well, they had to prove their value in other ways, but also if you got taken out for dinner, of course the man is paying, because how on earth are you going to be paying for Part of the justification of why men have been paid more than women is because they have to support a wife. Exactly, but we're not, we're not in that. I... Um, currently own more than the guy that I'm seeing and that's saying a lot because I own jack shit and it doesn't affect me in the slightest yeah. it's not something that I even consider and I reckon I have often in the past you know what I mean and it just doesn't bother you doesn't bother me at that's, all and I think that's the progress of feminism really like it just incrementally and partly I think we should just kind of be happy with it and, and without taking our eye off the prize we need there are issues and it's, you know as I said when I was discussing the female comedy issue I'm not going to say that there are problems because there absolutely are I think that the way we go about solving things needs to change even in the time that I've done comedy a lot of the complaints and questions are the same but I do see a lot of progress there is a lot of progress and I think perhaps some of the people who are spearheading the arguments maybe they're not gigging as much they're not actually out there seeing that there is incredible progress I don't know the other night and I'm not going to name names uh, because it's not worth it. I saw somebody who bills themselves as a kind of a politically edgy uh, feminist comedian. I won't say whether it's a man or a woman. Uh, But they um, got up and did a ten minute spot of this political material and it was outdated. The terms that they thought had impact, the terms that they, the, the jokes that they were arguing for would have worked in a country town as really boundary pushing. But I was like, this has changed a lot since you last gigged. Yeah, I saw... And I thought that really put it in perspective. I saw a very similar thing. Somebody who probably builds themselves in a very similar light as a... Um, as a feminist comedian who's too big a punchline but there's a Julie Bishop looks like a man and the Gina Reinhardt is fat yeah and you, you know go, what I mean you go well you just you know you didn't actually criticise their politics there buddy 
Yeah, that you criticise them physically. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there's yeah. feminism's moved on. Like this is actually a legitimate, yeah, thing now. But yeah. Oh, it's so tricky, isn't it? <laughs> it's such a good topic. Yeah, well, it, it is. But I, yeah, I, I do a lot of jokes about how hard it is to be a man. Ha. <laughs> well, I have figured, and I thought about this long and hard after Claire Hooper's instance on that television show where the first question she was asked was, are women funny? Mm. Um, my comeback will be, no, Ooh, definitely not, and then just move on from there. Yeah. What else are you going to say? Yeah. So now if anybody asks me, I'll just say, not at all. Have you seen them? Yeah, it's ew. It's terrible. It's embarrassing. Um, but what are we talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. No, not at all. Or, yeah, or yes, moving on. Or just anything. Yeah, just it isn't. Oh, yeah, don't ask that question. Are journalists capable of original questions? <laughs> like, yeah. How's your research team? Do they know Google? Do you do? Do you follow any of their men's rights activist stuff? No. Finish up soon because you probably have to go. I do actually. I have to go to rehearsal, but no, I don't. I'm guessing it probably makes me very angry if I do. Yeah. Would it? Possibly. The problem is that um, they have, and just enough of them have decent points that they get to flood the rest of it with. Horrible ones. Horrible bullshit. Mm. It's one of those things where uh, I, f- I find that really weird. People only need to convince themselves of sort of 10% of something to then buy into the whole rest of it. Like yeah. conspiracy theorists, you have somebody who's like, well, it would have been easy enough to do 9-11 as an inside job. Yeah. And then you go, and then therefore they believe almost anything that anyone would say or if they just cast doubt on the opposition. Yeah. So there's like, there's... The fact that men do the majority of dirty and dangerous work in society, if you don't consider childcare and childbirthing dirty and dangerous, which it used to be... That would predominantly also, though, be Western society, wouldn't it? Yeah. I can't imagine that overseas that women are sitting around comfortably just hanging out with the kids all the time. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, in Western society, this is the argument, that men do the majority of dirty and dangerous work. Mm Mm-hmm. And that women have all of the advantages of society because men's urges and impulses are controlled and punished in a way that women's are not. Mm-hmm. And so we live in now, according to them, a woman-dominated woman privileging society. Mm-hmm. And they get their children taken away from them and they're not allowed to beat their wives. <laughs> you know what I mean? So exactly. it's these kind of arguments where you're like, yes, 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 no. Oh, oh dear, oh no. Or women are allowed to walk around in, in slutty clothes and not be... The argument or the the problem with the fact that children will always be taken away from their fathers, that is definitely something that's bad and needs to be looked at. It needs to go to the right parent. Yeah. And that needs to be when it is something that impacts a child's life so incredibly, mm. you need to be willing to put in the man hours to find out what that parent is. Yeah. If you're going to make that call, you yeah. need to do the research. And I think that that is definitely a problem. But, you know, don't need to beat us up, surely. Yeah. Well, it is, it's a sort of you, they, you start with a reasonable line of yeah. argument. And I do think it's an interesting one where medical science has advantaged women. Like, it used to be that you'd say, I've had ten children for surviving. Oh, God. You know what I mean? Yeah. That used to be the job of women. It was to risk... And also, they, they used to say, a tooth for every child. Right. Because that was how much of your kind of nutrition and physical 
yeah, you would deteriorate resources it would take to birth a child. So that's no longer really an issue in our society. People have fewer children. Medical science is better. It's much less of a risk to your life. Or much. Well, I believe it is still the most life-threatening thing one can do. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a horrible thing, and and yuck. And also, looking after children is very dirty work. But then you haven't sort of, and you also have upped the like safety of like mining and fighting and uh, all of those jobs that are dominated by men. Yeah, which are more dirty and dangerous, but not as much, or not. It's not perceived to be as much, or because women aren't paid for childbirth, it's not a job, and so it's not seen to be an equitable exchange. Yeah, men risk their lives in this way, women risk their lives in that way. But the problem is because of a few decent points, the um, the bandwagon's gotten behind with some crazy stuff. Yeah, some really seriously crazy stuff. Which would be exactly the same, I think, if you looked into. The feminist camps, yeah, in many ways, some very decent, absolutely necessary points. Yeah, where would then be? Yeah, where you say, for example, men, uh, you're more likely to be uh, beaten by a man in a relationship, so we should reduce men to ten percent of the population. You know, <laughs> you know, I've seen that argument. Really? Yeah. Because then they could breed and, and, and be kept under control. Keep them under control. Yeah. And that, that's radical feminism and it, it is, that kind of argument is always pulled out when you have men's rights versus feminism. People pull from the extreme ends of the spectrum as though that's where the debate was. Yeah. Because it's easy. And because people are crazy. There are crazies. And I think if you're arguing that we need to cull down the male population to 10%, you, you go under that category a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. equally if you're arguing that women... Ought to get beaten to be kept in place. Or, you know, that women ought to... That women who friend zone you ought to be raped. Or I know, that guy. The friend zone. Yeah, the friend zone guy. The idea of the friend zone. I saw someone joking about that the other day, like an open micer, and I was like, really, we still believe in this? It's a trick, yeah. The friend zone only works if you think the default is she sits on you. Her getting in the way of you having a relationship Mm. by not wanting to sleep with you is her doing you a wrong. Yeah. It's so entitled. That's so insanely entitled. It's very bad. Friend zone. It's like saying, I went for a job and they unemployment zoned me. (laughs) Like, just because you want the job doesn't mean they're obligated to give you the job. I think that you have a right to be upset if you miss the job or if you've had feelings for somebody and they don't feel the same way back. Yeah, sad. Don't shoot them. (laughs) And Um, also don't be a pussy about it. Oh, didn't get the job. Mustn't have been qualified or they were looking at somebody else or there was someone internal that they wanted to hire I that mean, they were already thinking of. I would of. even argue that that is, that there is, I would argue that there is a friend zone and in certain situations it's okay to have a whinge about it. You know, I've been led on by guys who I've been pretty sure have been flirting. Yeah, and yeah, And you yeah. finally bust up the courage to go, okay, do you want to go out and do something? And, and then like, you get no. knocked back and you go, Ew. You, <laughs> what? This is the touch. Oh, God. And it's very, very upsetting. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that you have the right to be a little bit whiny about that. And crushes can be awfully all-consuming. Yeah. But Gosh, you have I've to acknowledge some... that they're irrational. C- 
crushes. Oh, yeah, they are, absolutely. And I've gotten to the point now with when I think about how passionately I have thought about some people in the past and how much I have loved them and loved seeing them and then how you just move on instantly. Yeah. You, you can... You get a better picture the more crushes you've had of how quickly you forget about them. Yeah, and how but you weirdly need... intense and meaningless they are. Yeah, but I think you need to have had a few crushes before you get that perspective yeah. that it is meaningless. I like if I particularly like crushes on creative people mm. because then you just go, let's make not babies art together. <laughs> but yeah, I think that perhaps if you're if you haven't had that perspective, if you've been if you, for example, had a crush on somebody for years and years, mm. getting that thrown back at you, that's gonna, that is gonna upset you. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt. But and I think that you need to be mature enough to deal with that hurt in a reasonable way. And not throw it back on them. Not throw it back on them. Unless they are really leading you on. Which, in some, some, in some cases, do. do. Some women are irresponsible. Some women want to have their cake and eat it too. They want to be treated like a lady mm-hmm. and also paid equally. I, it's like you... If you ask a guy to pay for your dinner more um, than on the first date, but then that's tricky because then you go, well, what's the price of the dinner then? Is it, I mean, if you ask him to pay for your dinner the majority of the time, then you have to be okay with the pay gap. What do you mean? If you, with your boyfriend, expect the majority oh, of the time he'll pay. So I thought you'd been like, if you go out for somebody and they pay dinner, you owe them something. No, 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 no. You have to be, but no, you don't owe them anything. But you have to be okay with the pay gap existing. Mm. You owe them twenty percent of your potential income. Like, it, fine, fine, pay gap. Just so long as every guy's going to pay for dinner every time we go out. If that's the kind of equation yes, you're yes. making. Okay, there. We go. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're on the first date, it's fine to. It's part of what you're doing is you're showing what kind of a person you are. And for guys to go, I'm a generous person, demonstrate this by paying, blah. Yeah. Or that, like, men having children thing, look, I can look after you. That is something that guys feel they have to prove. Yeah. For whatever reason. It's, I'm at a very even thing at the moment. Sometimes I'll get taken out for dinner. Mm. Sometimes we Harvey's. Sometimes it's the other way around. Mm. I think for me at the moment it's more of a who's, who's where financially. Yeah. Who can afford to do it. Yeah. You know? Um, but, yeah. All right, we should wind this up because you've got to go. I do. I've got to go do a rehearsal. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, at my Twitter feed, which is at TeganMH. Tegan, T-E-G-A-N. That's the one. And do you do... You're not gigging much at the moment. Do you have no, anything you want coming up, on YouTube got... that you want people to look at? Actually, no. I just want them to come to my Fringe show if they're in Melbourne. It's going to be at the end of September. And yep. We've got the old Melbourne jail to perform it in. And I'm awesome. very excited. Yes. So follow her on Twitter and go to her show. Thank you very much. Say you're having tea with Alice. I'm having tea with Alice.